I believe that if you're asking a question, you already have the answer and you're just, you're just covering it from yourself. You know, no, nobody asks a question that they don't internally have a belief about. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. We're interrupting this podcast to bring you a very important message. We have huge news to share with you. So I don't know if you guys know, but for the past year or so, Guy and I have been secretly putting together a brand new training. We're calling it the Have It All Masterclass. Now, it's a very unique 100-day masterclass that's geared to unlock your true God-given potential. I'm not talking about just any old class. I'm talking about busting up all of the old useless programs and upgrading them to whole new levels. So in order to deliver this, we've done a ton of work. We've put together an app so that you can take this everywhere you go. We've even gamified the whole process so that it's easy and pleasurable to go through. Like I said, we've put a ton of time and a ton of money into creating this and we're officially launching it in July. Now, Guy and I, to launch it, will be hosting a live class as the big unveil. And during this new class, new training, I should say, we're going to share five pillars with you that will help you create your have-it-all life. So for now, all you have to do is head over to satoriprime.com backslash register and save your seat immediately. Now, I'm going to let you know that as of now, our new masterclass will not be able to fit all of you. In fact, our intention is to actually start this very, very small because it's a live training. So as soon as all the seats are filled up, that's it. We're shutting it down. So like I said, act now. Head over to satoriprime.com backslash register and get yourself ready for some massive, massive expansion. Now, if you have a friend or a family member or someone that you really love and you want to invite them to this, please share this link. This is not going to be something that you want to miss. And with that, love you all and back to your normally programmed podcast. All right. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to our Wednesday Q&A. We'll let this thing uh, go on for a little bit. Just let you guys come on in. All right. So while you guys are pondering questions, and um, I did have one from Tina Phillips, which I want to read to you, bro. And just so you know, Tina is the woman trying to uh, organize us to get out to DC to speak in front of the lobbyists. Okay. She wrote me. So I'm just going to read the whole thing aloud and then we can have a whole conversation. Okay. Fair enough. Um, First, I think you make a lot of great points about listening to your heart and getting out of your own way. I like the idea of make the heart checklist over a brain checklist. I've also heard the story twice about how you, how you needing $250,000 and that you started figuring out your whole strategy plan and business ways of doing and going about it, which I do all the time. But then you said F it and somehow you got what you wanted and you didn't do a damn thing. 
My question is this, what's the difference between getting out of your own way, which could be translated into sitting back and waiting for it to happen or waiting for signs versus planting the seeds to harvest over time to make things happen? I ask this because right now I'm building my new side business, country music concerts in DC. And the margins are so incredibly small and I need to find sponsors and recruit fans to the shows and spend all this marketing money to make it all work. It's a brand new company. I'm not in a position to just say F it and walk away and hope sponsors and investors just come to me. Yes, I will look for signs. I'll get out of my comfort zone and hope that when I do that opportunities will arise, but I can't sit here and hope and do nothing in the meantime, right? I still need to work for it. So is this, is this, so is it a combo or both? What say you? You're in hope. Uh, I'm going to answer it like this. I, I think there's a, an interrelationship between those two worlds. I wouldn't, I don't look at anything anymore as it's either one way or the other, because that would deduce that there's some kind of right answer and there's some conclusion to be drawn mm. about the way that it is. I think if, if the universe teaches us anything that the really only constant at all in this universe is change. So we have to presume that any intention you set, anything that you create, anything that you're working on is in its own way, continuously transforming, changing and maneuvering, which means that you can't be static about that change. You too have to transform. So I, I think the power of intention, what you're saying when you're, when you're saying I intend X, Y, Z, and I think the power of intention actually works significantly more rapidly when you're in a meditative state. Because what we're saying when we're saying intention is we're saying it's the same thing like saying the power of suggestion. Um, a lot of people look at um, being susceptible or gullible as a negative thing. But if we actually contrast that with what's positive about susceptibility, when we think about um, people being put under hypnosis, for instance, those who are most susceptible or, you know, on whatever scale they look at that under are the the people who can create the biggest transformation while under hypnosis. Now, granted, again, like everything else, it can be used for negative and positive things. However, like if you went to a hypnotherapist, the more suggestible you are, the more gullible you are, the more rapid your transformation will occur. So I think when we're, we're talking about the power of intentionality, a lot of people, you, you kind of have two prevailing thoughts at one time. You're like, I intend... And if the and I'm actually listening to a great book right now called The Power of Subconscious Mind that does mm-hmm. a really great job with this. Interestingly enough, every every guy writing a book on the subconscious mind right now, like just Dispenza, they all have the name Joseph, and they're all doctors. This one's <laughs> doctor, this one's Doctor Joseph Murray. Uh, fantastic book, and you know he kind of talks about when you create something, but there's that feeling of doubt. Uh, at the same time, like right behind it, like I want to lose weight. And then the next thought's like, but I can't, right? Uh, the, the prevalent dominant thought that the mind will take is the, the, the negative one. So it's like when you create an intent intentionality, if there's doubt behind it, you're actually circumventing the process and you're actually not sending that signal down to the subconscious brain. So what we want to look at is what's the most effective way to suggest right? Things to your subconscious, because it's not really your conscious mind that's creating things. That's kind of living more in the world of doing like, I want this, so I'll do that. Um, it's the subconscious that's bringing things into your reality, uh, and like magnetizing and attracting and doing all that stuff for you. So I think there's a relationship to look at there that if you're intending something and creating something, you're not seeing rapid movement in that area. I would look at 
what are the conversations that you have that are in direct conflict with your intention that you're creating at the same time that's defaulting into your subconscious, which is why you're not seeing that shift happen. And, and you know, specifically, we've had to uh, kind of correct ourselves from what we were saying a few months back about not taking any action uh, when we're saying we're creating something and we get to receive. It's not about not taking action. It's about when you're creating something that in, it's inside of the world of your alignment that actions that become available outside of that, or like I say, it, it, that are parallel to that intentionality are, are completely in alignment with that which you desire versus like doing something that's against it. Like, uh, I don't know, really know why I'm in this relationship. It doesn't really align for me anymore. Yeah, I'm going to continue to play here and be here and do this. Same thing in business or any relationship or health or you know finances. It's like most people are stuck in that survival mentality around the relationships, health, and money, and they're taking actions consistent with survival, not with their deepest desires, and that's just bringing in more circumstances for to survive because that's what you're telling the brain. It's like, all right, we take actions to survive, so I'm not really going to play this game about like what I really want, and I think that's where you start having to kind of draw the line. It's is the programming behind it just creating a lot of doubt? And, and if that's the case, you're, you're self-sabotaging subconscious. Yeah, I, lo- I love the surviving piece that you added. All right, so Tina, I want to start by telling you guys what it's not before we talk about what it is. Because I think by understanding what is not listening to your heart and what is not following this uh, kind of intentionality and creation and allowing it when you're doing this you're going to be like oh i'm not in the feminine i'm not in allowing or receiving i am doing xyz right so it's not figuring stuff out if you're in the world of how do i do this you're out of that place okay so if you find yourself trying to strategize how to, that's not part of what we're talking about. It's not forcing an outcome, which is really, really important because the way that human beings are designed is you have a goal. And in order to achieve said goal, what you do is you put on blinders and you go, this is how this goal is going to be achieved. And you go full force ahead towards that goal And then what you're doing is you're locking every opportunity that could come because here's the question for you guys. How many times have you wanted to manifest something in your life and it manifested in the exact way that your brain concocted it to manifest? If you're like me or every other human being I know, it never does. It never, ever shows up the way exactly that you have it in your mind. And if you are trying to force it to do so, then inevitably you're going to be disappointed. And as soon as you get into a state of disappointment, you've now cut off the flow and the experience of life being able to flow into you with ease and all of that stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. So not figuring it out, not forcing, not locked into how it should look. And then, Tina, I'm also going to go into like specifics just to give you some ideas in the specific world that you're in. And then the last one is that I wrote down, I'm sure there's others, is it's not from the ego or looking good and it's not busy work. 
What I mean by that is, especially when you're putting on an event like this, Tina, right? What your ego is going to want to do, as all of ours does, is to win and to succeed and to have everyone look at it and go, yay, look what you did. Wow, we're amazing. Like that, right? And so inherent in that world is looking good. And you're going to do things not because they're inspired and not because they're in flow. You're going to do things because you're going to assume that that's how other people out there are going to look at you and go, wow, she's really up to something amazing. And I'm not saying this as this is bad or something that you have to get rid of in your life. I'm just saying this to you because it's something that as a human being, we should all be aware of that this is a really uh, prevalent way that we operate. So with all that being said, there is what I call the 80-20 rule, right? We've all heard about it, that uh, 80% of your results are going to come from 20% of the work that you do. And 80% of the work that you do will produce 20% of the results. So I hope I said that right. I feel like I twisted it up. 20% of the work you do will produce 80% of the results, whereas 80% of the work you do will produce 20% of the results, just so we're clear. And what tends to happen, a lot of that 80% work is ego work, looking good work, or busy work. And generally, it's work that produces no, no real results because it, it does all of those things that I said, which is it's trying to force an outcome that your brain concocted that had no no idea what it was going to create. It had no idea what the factors are in reality and all that kind of stuff. So for someone that's going to put on a massive, massive event, like bringing country music to DC, right? If you were in a state of, I don't have money, I'm in, I'm needy of sponsors. I'm needy of people to come and support, right? No one wants to be around that energy. No one. I mean, think about, you know, if, if, a, if a man would, would try to date you, right, and he was super needy, what do you do? He could be like the most gorgeous, perfect human being on paper, and he turns needy. What do you do? You run the other way, right? That energy is just icky. Like human beings just are not great around that energy. And so when we created and manifested that goal, when Guy was like, we were strategizing, right? We were figuring out, okay, in order to raise $250,000, we're going to need to do X, Y, Z, sell these products, create this, do that, have these conversations, all that kind of stuff. Where we were creating from was our limited mind. From, from lack. Yeah. Like we don't have, mind says, here's how we get to have, and we do that. Our world is filled with magic and abundance. Guy had a reading one time and they said something so beautiful to him. It's like, show your angels what it is that you want in your life. They are staring through your eyes at all times, waiting to make that your reality. So for you, Tina, what's going to be interesting is like, as you're going through the process is just to notice, am I forcing an outcome? Am I strategizing and figuring out how to or am I truly listening to my to the messages, following inspired thoughts and actions, and letting that be my guide? Now, this is where it gets a little bit tricky is timelines. 
when you stick timelines on things, all of a sudden there's this, this added pressure of like, I need to have this manifested by this. And if it doesn't by this next Thursday, I'm fucked. That's like, that's what our brain does. That's kind of the tricky part of this is to just trust that things will unfold in their perfect way. And Tina, just, you know, as something super funny and interesting between us, not, not funny, just interesting between us is, and I said this to you on the phone, Guy and I are very much against the way government is run today. And you approached us to come speak. Against, of, against is not the right word, but yes. Not, not, not for. We, we're, well, we're up to creating a whole new system that works for humanity in a much better way than the system that is present yeah. today. We're, we're, we're pro-self-governance. Yeah. And so it was just really interesting to, through our process, right? So this is something like in the background, and we don't speak about this publicly, right? We've never declared that this is something that we're really committed to uh, manifesting in the world. And then all of a sudden, I get an email and a call from Tina who says, hey, I'd love to have you and Guy come and speak in front of this group of lobbyists. And I was like, <laughs> you do know our position on government, right? And she's like, yeah, as a matter of fact, that's kind of why I want you there. I think that this these kind of conversations aren't had enough in that space. And I think that you guys are bringing something really interesting. And so check this out. We never really strategized how to make that a reality. We also didn't have a timeline of how that happens. It was just something that we knew is in our future, like we, we just knew that somehow the world will pull us into that. And all of that intentionality and energy that we've kind of put forth, you know, manifested Tina to come into our lives, listen to our podcast, fall in love with that, reach out to us, and, and that whole thing uh, unraveled. So bringing this back to your, your experience, I know that the reason that you want to do this, and that's what's really important to get here, is like the why behind everything. If you understand that why you want to do this and why it's important for you to bring this to DC, what then can be created is that idea and that thought. And there's nothing about, oh, I need to get these sponsors and I need to get these people and I need to get that and convince them and all that stuff. That's all in the world of lack I don't have. Tina, what you ultimately have is an idea a feeling and an emotion and experience that you would like to bring forth into the world. Do you believe that there are others who are like you that would love to have this experience be manifest in the DC area? My guess is fuck. Yeah. Right. And all there is to do truly, I know this is going to sound nuts to some of you. All there is to do is share the idea, share your passion and enthusiasm and the why for creating this kind of event and the people that resonate with that, it's called enrolling people, right? Like you're going to enroll people in this idea. Satori prime guys is an idea. You're here because of an idea. The idea that we could all wake up and be a better human being every single day. You've bought it hook, line and sinker. You share this, our podcast, our episodes, our videos with other people because you've bought into this idea. We're just, a vessel of that for you. That's all you're doing, Tina. So the whole idea is when you share this with people who are moved by that idea, they will 
There will be no convincing. There will be no figuring it out. They will literally bestow upon you everything that you want from a venue to dollars, to how to invite people there, to promoting, to marketing, to everything. And it will happen with ease and flow and play. I also think that's important. This is why I think it's important to follow your passion, be in alignment with it. You know, if you're doing passionless work, you know, try to go sell a product that you're not passionate about or a service that you're not passionate about. It's by the numbers, you're reading the script, you sound completely disjointed, disconnected from it. Now go talk about something that you love. You're going to get excited. You're going to get animated. Your hands are going to move. Your voice is going to inflect. And I think passion uh, breeds more passion. It also um, magnetizes people who want to be around people who are passionate because everybody wants to feel that way. So, you know, for me, I'm like a a pretty, um, I'm not a low energy person, but like, I'm just like an even keel person. Like the way I speak, everything across the board is just kind of like me and here here and there, we got some blips, but like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty even keel. And in my last few relationships, I've been with people who have been like really excited. They're enthusiastic about everything. So I went to Bali and the people I was with are kind of like me. They're these really like even keel. It's like, you know, there could be the most beautiful surroundings and they're like, that's nice. You know? <laughs> like, that's, that's beautiful, you know, but it's like, that's it. And it's like, yeah, we're appreciating it, but we're appreciating it from like this lower vibration. And then there would be somebody like, like my former, they'd be like, Oh my God, look at this. Like, <laughs> and one thing I realized about me is I actually really like being around people like that because it brings out my own enthusiasm, right? Like then I get enthusiastic about what's going on. It's like, I get to experience uh, this experience or life through those eyes. And I remember this too, when we went to Israel, remember? And like, we did like birthright years ago. And I remember going to Israel like years ago and we went with like, you know, 40 kids from like New York and LA. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be just boring. We've seen all this stuff before. And we get there and it was like my favorite trip to Israel because I got to see these these 40 Americans get just like super excited about their homeland. And Elon and I really got to like re-experience our own homeland because of that. And I, and I think that's kind of how it goes with everything in life. If you see somebody who's really passionate about a project and any part of that is interesting to you, you're like, oh, I want to see how I can get involved with this. And it becomes much more seamless. I, I, I think it's one of the main reasons why I say do what you're passionate about. And if you're, and if you're not clear how to work on your passion, then there might be some things that you need to master that will give you access to working on what you're passionate about. I would rather you invest your time in that mastery than go waste your time at some job that you fucking hate. That's going nowhere in the future that has anything to do with what you want to see show up in your life. Right? Like there's definitely like a a learning curve for anything. Yeah. So Um, I think that's important. I also just want to make one more quick distinction. I want to make sure that we're not like bashing visualization Because Elon kind of said, well, if you have this idea in your head and does life show up that way, I agree that, you know, 9.9 out of 10 times, it's not going to show up the way you think that it should. I'm not denouncing, though, visualization as a technique. I think any creation, any visualization, any intentionality, anything you want to magnetize to yourself, it's like create, visualize, feel it is, I think, even the more important than, than seeing it, feel it. And then let go of the attachment of how it's supposed to arise. Yeah. Because the moment there's attachment in there, the next thing that's going to show up predictably is disappointment. 
because any attachment is just creating an expectation. And the moment that expectation is not met, the moment a person shows up the way you didn't expect them to, the moment a circumstance doesn't work out the way you expect it to, it leads to upset. And the moment you're upset, it contradicts the intentionality. And that becomes the pervasive negative thought. And that's really what you're sending down to the subconscious going, well, you don't really believe it. Right. So I think that's, uh, that's important to make. Uh, yeah. No, I, ha- I absolutely love visualization. I do it all the time. It's just think about your visualization as creating this visual, <laughs> sticking it into a, a crystal bubble and then like blowing it out into the universe and not remaining attached to it. Cause imagine this, it's like, so you know, my car, for example. Okay. I had that car plastered up on my wall for a year. I've been ever since I drove this car, it was like a year before that I was like, I must have this car. This is my next car, et cetera. Now the, the one that I posted was white. I had a picture of a white Cadillac CTSV wagon on my wall the whole time. The one that ended up coming into my world was black. Now, I don't like black cars, but do you think I was like, Oh no, no, no. It's, it's not, it's not white. Like I don't, I don't want that one. No. I was like, grab it by the horns. Fuck. Yeah. Like this is, this is it right now. I'm, I'm, I'm making it a very obvious example, but we do this all the time. It's like you had an idea to get this venue and then that venue. Well, this was, I'll give you another example. So our first Facebook, uh, first, not Facebook, our first have it all live event. We had this house picked beautiful, gorgeous house. Uh, Jordan and guy were like, Oh my God, this house is absolutely unbelievable. This and that in the span. It took us to send in the deposit. So like, basically they're like, yes, we want the house. Next day, when we got the contract, we were reviewing the contract and basically we're like ready to give the deposit in that span of whatever, 24 hours, someone had basically rented the entire house for the entire month of February. Yep. And we we lost the house and Jordan and Guy were devastated. Like... Because we, because we'd seen it, we were attached to it, the whole thing. Yeah. I remember getting on the phone with them and they were just heartbroken like they had already envisioned the entire event in this house where everything was going to be how it was going to play out like all of it and i remember just hearing and they'd seen other houses so it wasn't like this was you know they found the best house and i was like listen and luckily i wasn't there because i'm sure if i would have seen it i would have been just as emotionally tied to it but i didn't i was in new york and i was just like listen i know with certainty that something better is coming along. And I also know that that is not the house that we were supposed to do this live event in. And I know you have all these visions and all this stuff. Like I'm trusting that the perfect house will come. And it worked out so much better because instead of one, we got two. (laughs) Um, And the house that we got ended up being a much better house for our actual event. And so things like that happen all the time. Just remember that with the attachment, right? As soon as you get attached to something, you've now stopped all other possibilities from showing themselves to you. And that's a really important thing to understand because with attachment, now you're like, I don't want the, uh, I don't want 
a juicy relationship with this unbelievable partner who we can grow together and travel the world and eat. I want that to be you. Right. And as soon as you say that now, it's like every other possible person that could be that for you is out of the game. And you're just going to do all these weird things to force the outcome with that person. And then the last thing I'll tell you, and this is just a great tip of, of practice. And this is for all of you. When having enrollment conversations with people, when you're sharing your idea with someone, a lot of people get super tentative and hold back. They're afraid to share their passion. They're afraid to share why this is so important to them. They're afraid to share all that stuff. And the reason is because not that they're afraid to share, they're afraid what the person is going to say. And specifically, they're afraid that the person is going to say no. I learned a long time ago, this is partly in sales, partly from Landmark. I heard somebody say, no is my second favorite answer. And I loved it. I heard it. I was like, wow, that's brilliant. He's like, you know why? Because maybe is the worst answer. Maybe hmm. it's like, I don't know. Do I keep talking to you? Do I not keep talking to you? When someone says no, they're no. Great. Thank you for saying no. And you move on to the next. Right? No just leads you to yes. And so... A practice that we did, and this is one of the uh, greatest exercises that I've ever done, is you go through a process where you share your idea and you envision that you're standing in front. We actually did this in front of people, but you could do this like pretending. You envision that you walk into a room and everyone in the room is a no. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter how you say it. It doesn't matter how enthusiastic you're going to be or excited or how good the idea is, people are going to be a no. They're just going to sit there and go like, can you please leave? Like, when are you going to shut up? Like that, right? And so you have to deliver this pitch to that that group of people. And I have to tell you, I don't care how well-versed you are, how good of a speaker or enthusiastic you think you are. You see those faces. You see like a whole bunch of no standing in front of you. You freeze. You bumble your words. You can't speak. Your body does weird things. It's, it's, it's awful. And then right afterwards, we did the same exercise. And that same group of people was a yes, like an absolute yes. It didn't matter what you said. You could have just said, hi, my name is Elon. They were like, yes, 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 yes. When you got in front of those people with smiling faces, all with yeses on top of their forehead, you became an absolute genius at sharing your message. I mean, you would say things in ways that you never even said them before. Like ideas would come to you and be like, wow, I didn't even know that. I was thinking that. That's amazing. They would like pull this genius out of you. And so I'm offering this to you, Tina, because as you're having these conversations, just to be aware of right before you walk into that room or into that conversation or whatever, just create that that person is a yes. Not be attached to them being a yes. Not trying to convince them to be a yes. Just have in your head that they're a yes. And share from that enthusiastic, passionate, I'm in love with this idea place. Just see what happens. Right? Like, even if they don't give you the money, or even if they don't, aren't the ones that have the venue or the ability to market or anything like that, if someone gets excited by an idea... What do they do? They try to help you. Yeah. So maybe that person knows the perfect person or that person's brother-in-law is that per you just don't know. And so rather than being like, I need you to do X, Y, and Z as part of this, when you just share like, Hey, this is what I'm up to. 
you have any anyone that you think that I should be speaking to? And let that action kind of lead to the next and the next and the next. You'll have this project done. I mean, you can do something like this in 90 days, no questions asked. This is not like a three-year thing. And it's just the actions are, hey, I get to have conversations with these people. And then those actions will lead to more actions. And those actions will lead to more actions. And the next thing you know, you're just kind of like flowing down this river and people tell you exactly who you should be talking to and what you should be doing. So I hope that uh, that helps, Tina. Sarah Burka. Hey, guys. I have a question. A few weeks ago, Elon, I asked you about living and working with more balance. I was so busy but so stressed and not productive. Just after that, that weekend, I had an accident and fell off my bike. I'm not laughing at the fact that you fell off your bike. I'm laughing at the perfectness of life as always. Landed on the side of my knee and never experienced pain like this before. No broken bones, thankfully, but I've been laid up since then on crutches now to help me walk. Not fun. Just wondering what's your take on this? Did I attract this from having such a busy mind? Has this happened for me to learn something from it? Is it a sign for me to slow down in life in general? Is it all my greater good? Something I will understand in hindsight? Something else. I obviously read into things a lot, but I value your perspective on this. Thanks. Sarah, that is such an awesome question. (laughs) Broski, you want to go? No, no, you go. Okay. So... What, what's interesting to notice is that our minds are meaning-making machines, okay? That's the first, the first thing you want to notice, Sarah, is like things happen and our mind goes, okay, why did this happen? How did this happen? And it starts trying to figure everything out. So like I want to just put a, a big old statement on this. There's no right answer. There's no right answer to this. I'm going to just share with you my experience of life in hopes that you can find some of your own truth as you're going through this experience in your own life. I believe, not as truth, just my belief, that every experience that happens in our lives happens to serve our greater good. We, you, called every such experience into your life, you manifested it, whether conscious or unconscious, your soul manifested it, so that so that you can experience more love and more light in your life. Now, I don't know what your thought processes and thoughts that you were holding on to leading up to that event were. What I, the reason I chuckled is because you were asking about finding more of a life-work balance. My assumption would be, and Sarah, I'd love for you to chime in on this. My assumption would be that you were busting your ass working. You are running yourself into the ground, working, trying to pursue some sort of goal, some sort of career goal, right? And my guess is that it was all your ego that was driving that bus. Like, I have to prove something. This is how I get love. This is how I accept. That's how I become accepted, et cetera, et cetera. And so... Correct. (laughs) Sorry, saying correct. And so I know that because, right, like that's the patterns that I've seen with human beings. Again, not like this is true every single time. I know the answer. Just it's patterns that I've seen. And I, I understand that when people have accidents, yes, it's generally in my experience, 
for them to slow down, for them to reevaluate. So it's just, when I read it, I was like, wow, it's so perfect that you were asking about this. And then life gave you the answer. Now that answer, this goes back to what Tina was saying. That answer didn't come to you in the way that you wanted. You get that? Like Sarah didn't sit there and go, you know, life, what I really need is an accident so I can get laid up in bed in pain so I can deal with this, this inquiry. No. You wanted Elon and God to give you an answer on the last call. Um, so did you attract this? Let, let me go. Let me go one by one. So did I attract this from having such a busy mind? I, I think we attract everything. Every thought, if you guys can just think of this, every thought is a magnet. The more times you have that thought, the more that magnet becomes powerful. The more that thought is tied to emotion the faster things magnetize. So if love and gratitude are the fastest, fast love, gratitude, and excitement, I will say, are the things that help you manifest the fastest. Fear, anxiety, manifest everything negative that you've ever not wanted in your life, right? So like there was some sort of anxiety about, oh, my life is out of whack. There's some sort of fear about like, oh, I'm running myself into the ground. There's all those things I'd imagine were kind of thoughts that you're having and, you know, boom, this happened. So yes, you absolutely, I believe, attracted this into your life as we do everything. Has this happened for me to learn something from it? Fuck yeah. Everything happens. Everything does. Everything is here as a teaching, learning experience for you, again, to grow and receive more love and light in your life. Now, Sarah, here's what I want to acknowledge you for, is that you already have the eyes to realize that. So that the pain is not just, oh my God, I'm in excruciating pain. This fucking sucks. Why me? It's... Look, look at the questions you're already asking. How can I grow from this? What can I learn from this? Brilliant questions, right? Because here's the thing. You fell off your bike. You didn't break a bone. Your knee hurts like hell. I get it. And your knee will heal and it will be fine. This is one of those life lessons. It's like, I wouldn't necessarily say like a kitten because you probably missed the kitten and you may have even missed the dog. This is kind of like a you know, let's call it like a rabid dog bite. But the next one, if you weren't getting that one would be like a bobcat jumping out of the trees. And if you didn't get that one, it's going to be a lion jumping out after you, right? Like the lessons just get more and more painful until you have eyes to see them all the time. So the key is see them as fast as possible when they're super teeny little, 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 so that they don't become these big things and, and, you know, be thankful for that as well. Uh, is it a sign for me to slow down in life in general? I don't know. That's, I think, what you need to investigate. And I, think inter- I think internally you already know the answer. I, I, I believe that if you're asking a question, you already have the answer. And you're just, you're just covering it from yourself. You know, no, nobody asks a question that they don't internally have a belief about. If you're asking that you should slow down, then you internally feel that you should be slowing down. <laughs> um, and, and then I'll just offer one more thing. I'm kind of giving an echo a little bit too. I'm just hearing myself. Um, I'll offer one more thing. What I've noticed for me is so like, you know, this last six months, what I've learned more than anything else is like the importance of, of feeling everything. And I don't mean like, you know, feeling the way that I think we often think of women feeling and men not feeling. Uh, I just mean like allowing for the expression of every emotion to be there fully. What I've noticed even at the lowest levels when I don't allow that uh, for me, especially let's say anger is not, is being suppressed or sadness is being suppressed. 
that will physically manifest itself because in some way, shape or form, it's going to force you to deal with it. Right. It's, it's because it's seeking balance and that withhold of energy within your body is throwing things into chaos. And that's why for a lot of people, they've done that for so long, their body and energy field is so out of whack that it shows up as disease, right. Or disalignment. And that's where people will get like terminal illnesses, cancer, pain in their back, T-band issues, uh, you know, stuff in their Achilles. And we can, we can track all different parts of the body, why there's specific pain there and what that's emotionally connected to. And, and we have apps on our phones about this that actually tells you what, what that's triggering, what emotional trigger is happening there. And I'll read it to my friends who are complaining about some kind of pain. They're like, that's exactly what's going on. Because again, we have science for all this stuff and we've had spirituality for all this stuff a lot longer also, which in essence is just, you know, mystical sciences essentially. So for me, I know when I have anger that's unexpressed, like I break things, you know, this, this past week, I, uh, <laughs> uh, I broke a cup this morning. I broke this big jug like two days ago. Um, I broke a cell phone about a month ago, left a laptop on an airplane, I mean, and then when I looked at, you know, the emotion, my emotional well-being, there was things just not being expressed that just started showing up physically in the world. So I think it's, again, like really prudent to look for the signs and say, okay, wow, this keeps happening. I think that's why we always say like things come in threes because it's like the misalignment creates circumstances and it's like almost like it takes that many times to see something to be like, okay, something must be going on. Or because we've created that context, we need to see three things in order to believe that now it's over. And then we kind of go back to homeostasis because that thought is there. My roommate was asking me some uh, questions the other day about like a relationship. I'm like the mere fact that you have that question tells me that you already have the answer. You shouldn't be in that relationship. Yeah. You wouldn't have that question if you wanted to be there. So uh, real quick, before we move on to the last question, Sarah, I just wanted to read this to you from the app that we use. So there's, there's two things here that are showing up for me. One is knee and one is knee problems. I'll read both to you. So this is the probable cause of knee. It says represents pride and ego. New thought pattern. I am flexible and flowing. Okay. Then the other one is knee problems, and it says probable cause, stubborn ego and pride, inability to bend, fear, inflexibility, won't give in. New thought pattern, forgiveness, understanding, compassion. I bend and flow with ease and all is well. So I hope that offers you something there. Great question, Sarah. And thank you for being honest and, um, and sharing that with us. There's a bunch of those apps. They're usually called like affirmations apps. Uh, I have another one called affirmations for healing. That's really good. Uh, if you have iOS, then it's uh, Louise Hay has one. Yeah. That's the one I yeah, put you in. Can just pretty much type in any, any physical ailment you have in your body as far as like physical pain. It'll, it'll tell you what the emotional connection to it is. Yeah. And I think like 99% of the time people are like, Oh my God, that's exactly what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Michael D Glasser has a question for us and he says in the surrender experiment, the author says he does the things that he wanted to say no to. And in turn, what he never really wanted to do and resisted ended up bringing forth amazing gifts. How do you allow yourself to be more in that flow and let go of that control? Yeah, I think that's a fantastic question. Um, Again, there's a specific alignment that we have, right? And then the circumstances that show up are in that alignment 
always, like always, 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 always. It's our illusion that makes it think like, oh, this is not supposed to show up when I create that. If you have the experience of like, what I intend for my life is to be powerful and, and I don't mean power like in a political way, I just mean like powerful, like personal power, confident, right? If you create that intentionality, are you just going to be given the gift of power and, and, and uh, confidence or are you going to be giving opportunities that occur like breakdowns to show you how to have the breakthroughs around your power and confidence? So it's like the breakthrough of power and confidence would give you breakdown everywhere where it's not, doesn't exist. So it's like, that's the balance, right? It's not like I want money. Okay. Money's everywhere now. It's like everywhere where there's not money and there's opportunity to have breakthrough around money is going to represent itself. So kind of in the same vein here, he had, it's like he had the context or continues to have the context of whatever is being presented to me is inside the world of perfection. How else could it be than the way that it is? Ho'oponopono is exactly the same way. It's like whatever's arising, this is, this is what's so. The fact that you have an opinion about it, that it shouldn't be this way, doesn't change what's so. It just gives you upset about what's so. So, so. <laughs> so, so. So, so. I think when you're asking about how do we lower resistance, another question you might want to ask yourself is, where's my ability to receive? Because most of us are working on survival so much that we're just thinking about how to survive better. And what that looks like is, well, I need to resist less or I need to, yeah, I need to resist less. And that way things will be more flowy instead of looking at the opposite side of it is, holy shit, I suck at receiving. And then looking at why is it that you don't allow yourself to receive? And I mean like low level things. Like when somebody is like, Hey, you know what? Let me take you out to lunch. And you're like, no, 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 let me pay for it. Instead of being like, thank you. I received that. Or, hey, can I drive you somewhere? And you're like, nah, I'll drive myself. And just start going, thank you, I received that. Or, um, hey, you did really great today. And you're like, yeah, you know, but I could have done better instead of receiving that and adding resistance to things all the time. So I think there's um, a, a, a ability for all of us to create a container and a paradigm through which we look at. And it's like, whoa, I didn't fully receive this. And then going back and looking at it as how I could have received more in that space. And that's, I think all he was doing, he was just accepting that, uh, whatever the circumstances is perfect for his growth, his alignment. This is exactly how it should be. I received this fully. Now let me see what else unfolds and just keep it, keeping that reception open. Yeah. The only other thing I would, that was perfect answer. And I, and I think this, it's a great question, Michael, because it ties into everything else that we've been speaking in that he was never attached to how life was supposed to look he bought into fully, like leaned in, fell in to that life, knows better than me. Always. And when he received thoughts and messages and things like that, even if they sounded absolutely crazy to him, he would follow that knowing that life sent him that message. When people get, one of my favorite stories is when he started traveling, like early on in the book, when he started traveling and he was in this deep, deep meditative state, and these people came on horses to him. And any, any mind would have been like, these people are here to kill me. Like, I'm going to die. This is it. This is over. And he just believed, fully trusted that these were messengers of God. Like, these were people that God sent to him at this exact moment and that he was supposed to go with them. Now, for most people, that would be suicide, right? They'd be like, I'm going to die. 
and they would fight and resist and all that stuff. And they ended up becoming amazing friends and they let him ride horses. And it was just like this whole incredible feast and it was beautiful. And I was going to say, and that just continued to be reinforced time and time and time again throughout it. And so the, the switch, really, the, the simple, simple switch is trusting and having faith in that life knows better and giving up the attachment to how it's supposed to show up in your life. Uh, it's like that. It's reminding me of that joke where uh, guys, you know, dying in a flood and, you know, he asks God for help and this guy comes on a boat and he's like, Hey, come, come on. He's like, no, 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 thanks. God's going to save me. And then another guy comes and is like, come jump on my boat. And he's like, no, 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 thanks, God. And he does this like three times and finally drowns and dies. And uh, he's like, God, why didn't you save me? He's like, who do you think sent you the boats? No, he goes goes up to heaven and he meets God and he says, God, I prayed, I prayed. And, you know, for you to save me. He goes, you idiot, I sent you three boats. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, sorry, and I was cutting. I cut you off. Yeah, no problem. Um, I, I was just gonna say, you know, we talk about running experiments on yourself. What you know, two experiments I would say are, are great to run is what if you didn't have an opinion about what's going on? Hmm. What if you just gave up the right to have an opinion about what's going on? What if you like that would remove all judgment and assessment about the way that it is currently? Would it not? Can, can I just can I just add one one thing to that, which sure. is. I don't believe that you can do that. I don't believe. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's like with a hundred percent. No, no, no. I, I, what I mean, like you yeah. can have all your opinions and you can have sure, all your sure, judgments. Sure. And it's, it's, it's something that your brain does. Think about it. It's just assessing situations for where there's danger, fear. Like it's, it, that's normal. What if you could not buy into those opinions and judgments and like, separate yourself from and just hear them as that. It's like the narrator of your life, even though it's sometime an egotistical, maniacal, crazy thing in there, right? Silly, whatever. Just disassociate from that. Like have the thought, but don't be the thought is the, is what I think you were trying to say. Yeah. And I think, I think that's probably more accurate. Uh, you know, and again, when I say like running an experiment, it's not like, oh, that didn't work. Let me, uh, I'm having opinions out. Let me make myself wrong. Your, your mind is a meaning making, opinion making machine. That's what it does, right? Thoughts and language, they live in a dualistic fashion, which means we're always comparing one to another, even though there really isn't, you know, when we talk about being one, we're talking about the quantum universe, the quantum multiverse, which means in essence, all things are one. It's just energy vibrating at different frequencies, but it's all just energy, right? Um, so I, again, like running an experiment more, more is like I'm noticing that I'm having an opinion about this and then releasing that opinion. So just to clarify. And then the other one is because we live in dualistic, we're constantly judging good, bad, negative, positive. Mm. You know, like I'm having an emotion. This one's negative. I'm having this emotion. This one's positive. If you gave up the right, again, to, to label them and you just ended it with, I'm having an emotion more, more succinctly, it would be, I'm having a sensation in my body. You're calling that sensation an emotion. That the truth is there's just a sensation in what we're calling the physical body. Right. And, and, and that's it. So like, you know, for anybody who was here on Monday, you know, I've kind of gone through like a, a rough, a rough period. Um, and again, it would be all, rainbows and butterflies and in the moments like that to just like release all of that. And the truth is there was like some kind of physical experience happening that is there for me. Now, if I get 
attached to, to it. I start creating meaning around it. I start having opinions around it. Does that make the experience prolonged or shortened? Mm. And on top of that, by having all that, I'm actually programming more of that which I don't want back into my experience because I'm taking what's happening beneath the surface of my consciousness because I don't have control over that emotion, right? I'm taking what's happening beneath the consciousness or beneath my consciousness. I'm bringing it up to my consciousness. I'm saying, holy fuck, this is real. And then I'm sending it back down for more programming, right? Creating more of that which I don't want. So my other option is to be in the experience, whatever, negative, positive, call it whatever you want to call it. But again, like, let's take that all away, be in the experience and just watch it and observe it. And maybe I don't like it. Maybe that is the opinion I have about it, but then creating a whole story around it, justifying it, uh, enrolling other people in my life that that's what's going on, telling myself I'm a victim, that this isn't going to pass. Oh, what was me? Like all of that all these things that we do, these strategies, these like trauma share strategies that we have to get everybody involved in our fucking drama is what creates more and more and more of the drama and keeps programming it back in. So the only way to release all this stuff is not to be like, well, I never want to have these experiences. Or, Fuck you. Welcome to the human race. You're <laughs> gonna have them, right? So it's like, so the, the only option that I see is that like, let's watch it, like watch this experience and make it right like fully enable the emotions that are trying to come up to fully express themselves. Again, you might not like that sensation, but you haven't liked that sensation for probably 20, 30, 40 years. Not liking that sensation, has that made it diminish or go away or have less power over you? Not the case. Because just like everything in the universe, it wants to be fully expressed. Mm -hmm. And the only ways that I've seen that things lose their power with you is when you're willing and able to fully go through an experience, you feel stronger for it. You're like, this is fine. It wasn't as bad as I thought. There's all this beauty opening up in my life because of it. What else have I learned because of it? What else am I able to feel now because of it? What else am I able to share with other people and express that makes a difference for them? Right? I know for me, like, I love being a fucking superhero. Trust me, like I do not love spending time in heartache or in like a gray zone or anything like that. Of course, I love being a superhero. Yeah, I could tell you time and time again, when I'm in my shit, in my muck, and I share these things publicly, publicly with people, are the times I feel that I get to make the most difference with people. Because I think mostly people look at, you know, Elon and myself or other people who are successful, whatever, and they're like, oh, they had their shit together. And they think by somebody having their shit together that they're not having a human experience anymore. And it's like, I don't care how much money you have in the bank. That has nothing to do with the quality of my relationships, communication, or experience of love. Nothing, like nothing, right? So it's like, does that determine that you're going to have a life of freedom and full self-expression? Absolutely not. There might be some kind of relationship there that we can create, but even that's not really true. We're just making that up and creating it and saying, oh, well, you know, let's presume that that's true. We don't actually know. Again, I believe the universe is a causal. There is no cause and effect. So money and joy, you know, a causal. So again, my point is, is like the only thing I can tell you, even going back to like the surrender experiment question is his paradigm, his context for living is whatever arises in front of me, I'm going to fully steep myself in this experience and always hold the truth that this is for my highest self. I called this in. And it's supposed to be part of my experience. Now let's see what else I can see. 
because any other way is going to bludgeon and blind you from the view of what else is possible. And then what's predictable is if you're blind to it and you're not fully experiencing it, that it's going to come back again to, to express itself again for you to learn that lesson. And every time that you don't allow yourself to go fully into it is every time that you're saying like, all right, let's restart that cycle. And some cycles are really short and fire a lot. And some cycles are very long and they fire only once in a while, but they're coming. It's like a boomerang. Yeah. So again, really, really important to like fully let all the emotional stuff uh, express itself and just have be mindful of that. It's just a sensation. Awesome. All right. Amazing questions, guys. Yeah. Good stuff today. I love how all the questions kind of flowed into each other inside of that same conversation that, that Tina got started for us. So uh, Tina, if you're listening at a later time, we love and honor you and thank you. All right, guys, we will see you next week. Love you guys. Thank you so much for uh, spending your evening, morning, lunch, I don't know, wherever you are with us. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Have an amazing right, guys. Day. Love you. See you next time. We're interrupting this podcast to bring you a very important message. We have huge news to share with you. So I don't know if you guys know, but for the past year or so, Guy and I have been secretly putting together a brand new training. We're calling it the Have It All Masterclass. Now, it's a very unique 100-day masterclass that's geared to unlock your true God-given potential. I'm not talking about just any old class. I'm talking about busting up all of the old useless programs and upgrading them to whole new levels. So in order to deliver this, we've done a ton of work. We've put together an app so that you can take this everywhere you go. We've even gamified the whole process so that it's easy and pleasurable to go through. Like I said, we've put a ton of time and a ton of money into creating this and we're officially launching it in July. Now, Guy and I, to launch it, will be hosting a live class as the big unveil. And during this new class, new training, I should say, we're going to share five pillars with you that will help you create your have-it-all life. So for now, all you have to do is head over to satoriprime.com backslash register and save your seat immediately. Now, I'm going to let you know that as of now, our new masterclass will not be able to fit all of you. In fact, our intention is to actually start this very, very small because it's a live training. So as soon as all the seats are filled up, that's it, we're shutting it down. So like I said, act now, head over to satoriprime.com backslash register and get yourself ready for some massive, massive expansion. Now, if you have a friend or a family member or someone that you really love and you want to invite them to this, please share this link. This is not going to be something that you want to miss. And with that, love you all. So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family and truly, truly thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, 
You'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love, promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends. Bye.